G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 51 of the Outback Mine podcast. Appreciate you joining in guys, thank you very much, episode 51, we're on the other side of the half century, so... Great way to kick that off is with a very, very special guest, a well-known gentleman uh, by the name of Trevor Hendy. Now, a lot of you would remember Trevor uh, from Ironman. Uh, he won, I think, the Australian title six times and uh, uh, basically appeared on, uh, on Nutrigrain boxes and so forth on breakfast tables all around Australia. Uh, we all wanted to be a bit like Trevor when we were younger, if you're sort of born in the 70s and 80s, uh, pretty Pretty well-known uh, guy, um, and certainly went on sort of to compete uh, in kayaking primarily after that. But he's just done some tremendous things with it in regards to sport, but also more importantly, what I wanted to talk to Trevor about is what he's actually doing to help humanity now and um, help men, but also young men to be able to live more heart-centered, fulfilled, loving, compassionate lives. Um, Trevor is living, breathing, um, uh, a living, breathing example of, of what we can basically uh, be as men. Um, I think he's a, a great role model for many of us with regards to the way that he approaches life and he's, uh, he's so uh, connected and grateful for um, the experience that we all have uh, within us. And although he's been able to, to be quite blessed with regards to uh, being um, I suppose, gifted athletically, he had to work very, very hard to be able to do that and sort of come from nowhere to be able to achieve the things that uh, he was able to achieve. And I just think there's lots of lessons in that for all of us. But uh, more importantly, Trev, um, you know, lives a lot of his life from his heart rather than his head, like most of us do, we're sort of caught in the mind too much. So we're going to learn a lot from Trev with regards to that and also, um, you know, what he's doing now to be able to help change um, the way that we sort of see ourselves as, as human beings and how we can actually live more conscious, connected lives. So really hope you enjoy our conversation. Just wanted to make special mention to our primary partners, Green Nutritionals, who make uh, awesome organic superfoods, um, the best uh, the best quality ingredients and products, I believe, um, anywhere on the planet. So I really encourage you to check them out. It's just greennutritionals.com.au and also Pure Life Organic Sprouted Bread. Um, yeah, as I mentioned uh, in the previous podcast, really grateful to have these guys along. They make the best bread in, in Australia, I believe. It's sprouted and organic products, which is very rare and very, very pure. So uh, as I've mentioned, I'm really aligned with, with organisations that um, provide quality that help our physical and mental wellbeing, and these guys certainly do. So please check out their website. It's purelife.com.au. Alrighty, guys, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one. Sit back and listen to Trevor and I go at it. Trevor Hendy, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Oh, thanks, Aaron, for having me so much, mate. Um, stoked to be with you. You're doing awesome work, and I'm I'm stoked to be on the program with you. Yeah, I'm I'm so grateful to to have you here. I remember when I was a young fella and seeing you on Nutrigrain boxes and all that, which was uh, which was pretty <laughs> cool. And um, uh, they would have been up with Dobie's boxes, mate. I was in that other rival series. Oh, yes, you were too. A bit like the um, bit like the the, uh, the cricket. cricket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we had, they had Uncle Toby's versus Nutrigrain rivalry, and I ended up on the Vitabrits box, which was good for me and good for my mental health because I actually um, I grew up eating wheat dix and Vitabrits, you know, and um, so it, I at least I was telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when when I was saying I eat fourteen Vitabrits every day, I was actually telling the truth. So it was one of those ad campaigns that was the real deal. And we thought it was good for us too, eh, back then. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> don't do the um the carbs and stuff certainly not in the morning anymore but um but yeah it's it's um it certainly helped me at the time anyway with where i was at so it's yeah, good yeah good work it's interesting I, I taught a yoga class last night or more of a meditation class in tanham sands and um i said yeah. it was all women there primarily last night i said oh, i've got trevor hendy um coming on to the podcast last night they all started giggling and all that sort of stuff you know and and um it was interesting within 15 minutes they were all just back to back to center like dead quiet you know so they, they they got out of the head really quick and into that into the stillness space so it was really nice to be able to see you know how the mind can be sort of agitated then come back to a state of um, pure being again and um it's just beautiful yeah. to, to see people change in front of you when you've got the gift to be able to pass those skills along yeah totally mate and you know what i think um it's funny you say mostly women because the, um, the, the the shift in consciousness that we're going through in the world, whether people know it or not right now, is the rise of the feminine energy. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean the rise of the woman or girl power. It's actually fem- it's the feminine power. You know, it's sometimes that's rising up in men, but it's certainly rising up in women and they're certainly leading the charge. And, and it's really incredible because our hearts are starting to open up, you know, and if they're not yet opening up, it's because we haven't yet been through that breakdown that forces it to open up. So life's got this crazy thing going at the moment where it appears to be um, shifting us through things that we need to shift through, whether we want to or not, by society breaking down massive worldwide illnesses or, you know, in some cases perceived illnesses or the threat of this and that and so much uncertainty and all those systems and structures are falling apart and what's slowly shining through is the care for each other which is is what needs to happen so well, well cool. yes yeah, it's, it's 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 always been there mate i believe that's what you know that's what was created for us i think we just got in the road of that and and i believe that's what every living being actually wants you know we've sort of got stuck with uh too much being uh in the mind rather than actually simply being and um i guess when we get out of the mind that's that's when we can start to feel who we really are again. And, and that, that's coming from that heart space, which leads to the higher levels of consciousness, of you know, compassion, kindness, gratitude, all those sorts of things. Mate, I, I actually just, I'm on the Gold Coast and I drove past Tanham Sands three days ago um, on my way back from a three and a half, half week Cape York trip. You know, and a lot of people know me as a water baby and, you know, that's where I'm at home and, and uh, when I'm around water, I come alive, you know. But the yang to that yin is the fact that I grew up travelling around Australia. I had three three stints living up in Darwin. Um, we used to go into the outback all the time. We would camp most weekends and certainly the whole of the holidays and hung out with people that were, you know, tracking new roads through mining areas and, you know, I connected to country at a very, very young age and... Um, so I actually went back up there and I had some pretty amazing little healings and things happen while I was my, – my wife and I slept in 22 different places in 25 nights and um, 24 of those nights were in a swag. Yeah. Um, and I had some profound little healings and moments and everything. And then on the way back, 
I was shifting through a lot of things and I, I went to sleep and I got home, woke up the next morning and because I didn't have to deal with finding camp and, you know, getting the fire started, putting food on and working out fuel things and batteries and fridges and because I didn't have to do any of that, I actually started naturally integrating all of the change that I went through every day that I was out on this trek, you know. Mm. And so much was happening to me just from being in the country. But one of the biggest things I remembered is I remembered being in Darwin as five or six-year-old with my sister who's like a soulmate to me. She's five years older. And I remembered feeling totally connected to the earth and connected full-colour memory. I could remember the smells. I could remember the road. I could see it. That connected to the earth, connected to my heart, connected to simplicity, mm. you know, that I felt like I was part of the whole thing and I was just alive out on this track that mum and dad had taken us out on. And and then I could feel myself fast forward for three or four years and I three or four years later, eight or nine years of age, I was already beginning to think about how can I actually get what I want? How can I do this to get what my get off my mother what I want? And it was the seeds of of um, self-serving, mm. you know, that started from that. And at the moment I started self-serving or buying into that energy, I drifted further away from the the pure being of who we really are when, when we're kids, you know. So it's funny you talk about the cash and how I just literally drove past you. And, um, and while I was driving past, I was going through quite a cathartic experience of connecting back to country and earth, but also um, to that deeper sense of myself, that gentle self. And I've come home... I've never had so many things fall into place in five, four, five, last four or five days mm. in my whole life in one period of time. And all I'm doing each day is going, no, don't go into action. Don't go into action. Stay still. Be present. No, stay with the country. Don't get back into proving, winning, you know, controlling, trying to make things happen. Just stay present. And all these things are working out like you wouldn't believe. Mm. So not only is it a giant relief just to feel like yourself again, but then you actually get better outcomes anyway in life so um it's a very fresh and hot topic for me mate oh it's tremendous to hear you say that and um i guess one thing that really you know come to mind um while you, while you were speaking then was look trev we 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 have this innate knowing within all of us you know we we all know this sort of stuff when we're kids <clears throat> and I, I quite often talk about us being educated to support the economy and how we're sort of taken away from our real spirit and soul when we're young and um, that sort of you know goes in uh, into our cellular memory as we sort of go through school and into adult life and all of a sudden we lose that connection I guess and I just think what you what you've done is really important because I believe all all guys primarily and, and, and women as well, the more we can get back to nature and get back to that sense of, you know, really really being part of something bigger than, than what's going on in our mind and, and, and ourselves, uh, we actually become really connected and, and aware of what's available to us um, uh, all for, for, for free basically yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, there's a lot of stuff said in religion and everything through, you know, which has been distorted and utilised for control over many years. But um, a lot of beautiful things were said and, and some in the vein of, you know, that um, it's all yours, you know, just ask and you shall receive, you know, that, that life is very much... Um, when you realise you're part of life and you start treating life like it is you and you're it and everybody in it with that deep respect... It's amazing. I, I'm still blown away because I, I teach this, but I haven't experienced it so deeply for myself in such a simple way for quite a while. It's like another level that I've just popped through 
is that life itself is a very friendly thing. You know, I think Albert Einstein, when he died, one of the things that he was trying to prove or understand was, is the universe a friendly universe? Because he always seemed to actually get what he needed right when he needed it, you know, and he was like, uh, he said something along the lines of, all great discoveries begin at the point that science and and um, science and the mind can go no further, mm. you know. Um, so he was very aware that there's a force out there that's very, very helpful, but we're in such denial of that force and we've probably, most of us have grown up being told that there's a certain set of rules you have to follow to access that force and you have to behave and, mm. you know, it's good and bad, right and wrong, heaven and hell, and it's tainted it, it turned it into this judgmental force, but, it, you know, that's a man up in the sky looking down on us all. But actually life is, we are life, you know, it's in every tree, it's under every stone, it's in every being, you know, and so it's, we've gone pretty deep here pretty quick, mate, but um, <laughs> but certainly that's the power of it all. It's it's um, it's inside of us. We're, we're looking everywhere, looking for love in all the wrong places, and there it is the whole time right inside of the human being. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting, Trevor. I'd like to hear your um, your your experience like coming through as a young boy and, and when you were competing and so forth, when all the competitive nature actually like didn't matter, um, you got back to the sense of being part of something greater than, than actually winning or or doing something that's uh, an individual uh, pursuit um, that maybe trying to prove to others and really what it yeah. was that maybe shifted that for you. Yeah, mate, I'll, and I'll be as brief as I can with all that because I can talk for hours about that <laughs> stuff. But, uh, yeah. but, you know, as I said, I, I started like all people do um, – connected to simple things you know babies aren't born avoiding people they're born kissing and cuddling and gooing and garring and looking around in most cases they have they don't come into the world with heaviness hanging over them you know they normally adopt that along the way and pick it up and I, I was very much the same I had a beautiful loving family I had a very adventurous father and mother and they would travel around Australia they ingrained into us without even really trying the most beautiful um, I suppose values and elements and and so I, I went into 8, 9, 10, 11 uh, with good background. But then, of course, you start trying to work out who you are in the world and where do I fit and why is that boy getting better conversation with that girl than I am? You know, like, am I not cool? Am I too freckly, too skinny? You know, uh, am, I not, am I not good enough? You know, <laughs> it's the song, am I not good enough? Am, um, am I not pretty enough? But um <laughs> But, you know, it's a very real thing because we start working out in the inside what's wrong with me, you know, and we ask more about what's wrong with me because things aren't working out well than we ask what's right with me, you know, um, subconsciously, unconsciously as kids. So I know for myself that I, um, I began to see that I felt smaller, more inadequate, more unable to even satisfy the desire for a beautiful girl to have a conversation with me. You know, and the reason why the beautiful girl was a thing was because I felt my father had his dream dream wife in my mother mm. and they were they were like my gods and somewhere I wanted to be like them. You know, I wanted to be like my dad. I didn't want to be like my mum, but I wanted to be like my dad in the sense that, that my dad has the mum. Mm. You know, and in a lot of ways I was like my mum, you know, but I wanted to be like my dad. Mm. And so I had that picture that I wanted to fulfil and, you know, I didn't seem to have the goods to fulfil it. I wasn't popular, I wasn't cool, you know, all the stories of his childhood, I wasn't matching up to them and everything else. And, and so unknowingly, I was beginning to work out what I was lacking and how I was going to get it, you know. And so 
how I got it was I looked around and worked out who seems to be getting it. And as long as they're getting it, the ends justify the means. So it doesn't matter if they're a bit of an ass or, you know, um, whatever it might be. It looks good enough to me because they seem to be happy. They're getting laughs. They're not getting bullied or belittled. You know, they're not getting flushed or initiated. They seem to call the shots. They seem to tell all the funniest jokes. And, and when everyone goes to the corner of the room, the girls go over in the corner that they're standing in, you know. So... I kind of formulated this thing in my head that there was two particular champions around me in, in my club that I wanted to be like. Mm-hmm. And one of them I wanted to beat and the other one that I wanted to be like and, you know, beat him down the track that I really just wanted to be like him. And and what that did was I kind of separated out a bit from mum and dad and separated out a bit from even my connection to country and started putting all my eggs in the basket of if I can win, I can get the girl. Mm-hmm. I can get the laughs. I can get the success. And... So by 14, 15, now I'm 15, 16, I've had enough of the pain of being left out, left behind, and uh, and now I'm going to get my fair share, you know. And so I worked out that I was probably good enough if I tried really hard to, to maybe win this or win that. And at 16 years of age, I'd never won a race in anything. And um, I was fifth out of sixth in the surf club for the junior Ironman in my own club out of 300 clubs. <laughs> Um, but I decided I wanted to be World Ironman champion and that was going to bring me everything that I wanted or needed. Mm. And the crazy thing was I thought if I was World Ironman champion, um, I'd be good enough to be myself, if that makes sense. Like if yeah. I'd, have to be, I'd be good enough as I am if I won that. So I'd have to become something else to be good enough to be myself. So clearly I didn't think that through because you don't. It's all subconscious. And then what happened was I went about and a lot of passion, love, connection, good energy, you know, people around me, teamwork, because this is also a great journey too. It's also a learning journey. It's also a journey of success and, you know, fails and then capitulation and all that sort of stuff is that I got to the top of the world and achieved all those dreams and broke all the previous records in my sport and ended up on, you know, went on Baywatch and, you know, played on stage with the Beach Boys and met Michael Jackson and Madonna and, you know, did all the crazy like, wow, stratosphere flying, incredible things. Mm. But at the root of it all, I turned myself into somebody else to try and be good enough to be myself. Mm. And so I had to fall apart again, you know, and I had to – my body fell apart because it was incongruent. My mind was incongruent with my spirit. So a very strong mind and very uh, strong ability that I developed to prove other people wrong and to win it no matter what and – and if someone beat me, I'll get them next time. And all this was underground. So I was still a smiley, happy guy on the surface. And, and you know, I'm in the Hall of Fame and I'm on radio, I'm on TV commercials and I'm the boy next door and I'm a good bloke to be around. But underneath, I had like a, a disease sitting down there, a disease sitting down there um, that I had to come back and face and face that big, you know, dragon in the cave that turned out to be everything that I hadn't faced before. Mm. Um and so everything fell apart again, you know, relationship fell apart, I was bankrupt, I was out of the sport, I moved to another sport but realised, you know, I was paddling to be in the Olympics but um, made the world titles team and, we're, we, you know, we medalled at World World Cups and top five in the world for the whole season and in the, in the team basically two years away from the Sydney Olympics to have that dream and then I realised, oh, my God, it's not actually, that's not my truth. <laughs> 
I've switched for four years to another sport to go to a whole other level and I'm not actually, that's not who I really am. You know, I got more enjoyment out of paddling past someone that I was on the team with the year before and saying hello and, you know, I realised I was about people and, and um, the first inkling that I was more about consciousness and, and waking up in the world was that I, I wanted to coach other people, I wanted to help other people, I wanted to guide other people and that, that was really strong in me. Mm. So I went through the coaching thing and then I realised, no, I'm actually more of a counsellor and a facilitator of, of truth and understanding and cathartic release and stuff like that. So I went, followed that path all the way through and every step I took closer to my true calling uh, or what was calling me now, well, then I felt more inner peace. Everything in my outside world lined up better. My relationships became better. You know, my flows, my, I was getting paid wonderful decent money to just to turn up and help people you know and i wasn't even i couldn't care less about the money mm. and i was like people like oh can i give you this I'm, oh my god thank you so much you know and and so life started to show me that that slowly but surely it's actually about discovering who you really are what you're really connected to what you really came here for and so it was a big turnaround from the whole lot of body mind and soul level but at the end of the day i look back at it now i'm now the president of service paradise surf club and i'm trying to give back to the club and help it go through that same shift to realise itself as a as how it can contribute to the world, mm. not just what it can become in the world, you know. And um, and we're so far down that track and we're doing a great job of it. Um, but so it's kind of like almost like my final tidy up in my life, you know, um, of all the things I was previously connected to. But I look back on that whole experience and I see my son going through the Ironman circuit now and I see my other kids doing different things and I've now got grandsons, I'm 52, I've got twin grandson boys and another grandchild on the way and and I am, you know, so thankful for the whole thing. Every single bit of it um, on many levels gave me exactly what I needed and I was about uh, six, seven years ago, I wrote a program it's an online self-help program that people do from their own homes on email. And um, I wondered what I was going to call it. It was like 12-week. It's a 12-week program. And um, it was like my life's work of putting everything that I'd understood into into one unfolding thing for other people to get their own truth out of it, not my truth. And I realised it's, it's the boot camp for the soul, you know, because life is one big boot camp for our soul. We're learning to be who we really are not who we think we are or who society tells us we are or who we think we should be or what we need to be to get what we want. It's actually a boot camp for our soul and it'll give us all the conditions we need to eventually come out and realise the fullness of, of who we are. So mm. that's summarising it as quick as I can, but um, but it's been an, a, an amazing journey and at the end of it I just feel humbled. I feel you know, like so thankful and grateful, but also mind-blown and awe-inspired by how incredible life is, mm. you know. And, and as I shared at the start, I get exp new experiences all the time that just say, just let go, just be who you really are, you know. When I heard, first heard stuff like that, I went, what on earth that, does that mean, you know? But after a while you said, oh, it actually means let go, let the real you come through, you know, follow your heart. And so, surrender. yeah, it's been a, it's been a big, yeah, surrender. Surrend and it's funny because... You know, the way I'm feeling it is surrender also, you could go surrender slash embrace mm. because it's not like just surrender and roll over. It's actually surrender to who you really are and that kind of power comes into you. Mm. You know, when you surrender to who you are, the first thing is a release, like you're, you're free and there's nothing to do, but then immediately you feel capable of doing things. 
you know, so it's embracing what you're capable of as well. So that's kind of a process I've been going through lately. Tremendous. Um, I'd like to share something with you, Trev. And uh, yeah, mate. I was I was um, I was 14, and sort of something happened to me as I was growing up, and I I, I had the, uh, the 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 moment where I sort of thought, well. I can I can pursue greatness, or I can just follow the path of everyone else and hit the booze and all that sort of stuff, and um, take the easy road and suppress uh, what had actually happened. And um, I did that, and I stuck around for twenty five years. <laughs> you know, wow. Yeah. So I, there was no real guidance for me when I was that age, and I needed that guidance, like that program that you're talking about, something that I could have followed to to be able to get that self love and and traction again but so what what happened was I, I sort of got to 37 then I started to come out of my shell and, and sort of start to wake up a little bit and that took me into athletic pursuits um, uh, which I, I did really well and this was a little boy coming out that never had the chance to be able to prove himself or, or do uh, the things that maybe I had the potential to do and I got my body really fit and strong and um, I started competing in things and then I started to think, well, geez, if I can, if I can achieve this and people will think this of me and, you know, all that stuff that uh, was suppressed uh, won't matter anymore. And I was in a race in uh, Tasmania called the Fraser Day Challenge and um, mm-hmm. you're running up a, a, like a, a hill and um, this snake came out and nearly bit me and... Um, I, I just thought at that, t- at that particular moment that life could have been over, you know, then and there. There was no one around or I would have been stuck. And, um, and then after that, I actually started to really enjoy what I was doing for the first time. You know, I wasn't stuck in my watch or That's performance true. or anything. And, yeah, and, and I just got quicker and started to flow better and become engaged with what I was doing. And, and that was the moment that I realized that I didn't need to prove myself to anyone anymore. I just needed to be myself and be connected. And that's when I sort of become, become free of all the things that had kept me entrapped and, uh, and stuck, um, you know, for that, for that um, I, I suppose it was nearly 30 years at that particular time, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's just amazing that uh, at that particular stage of my life, being 14, um, how I just took the easy road and, and didn't sort of look at um, what might be possible to be able to move out of that. Uh, but I ended up coming back to it later on. That's so cool, mate. And it's such a, it makes you such a great teacher because, you know, we've all got to experience what we've experienced so we can help that person that's experiencing the same thing. And there's so many people that experience exactly that. And I, myself and, and uh, my buddy Scott Waters, who is ex-Fremantle um, West Coast Sydney Swans footballer and coach at St Kilda and stuff like that, he, um, we started an organisation called Life Changer, which is um, lifechanger.org. And it's we go into schools and footy clubs and, you know, um, basically into communities and help kids at between sort of that 9, 10 and 15 years of age in particular really work out who they are and have a system around them that they have mentors and people around them that they can follow. So exactly at the same time we go in and start working with the kids, we actually work with the adults and we work with the parents and teachers and coaches and people, older older students and everything who want to be mentors and we take them through a mentoring program and then they come straight in and start mentoring. So basically the, the thing is that, you know, um, every child has what they need inside of them and every community has what it needs inside of it. We've just got to tap into it. Mm. 
And so, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a conscious and connected village to, ta- to raise a conscious and connected child, you know. So we're trying to get to that point where that 14-year-old in yourself, when he's ha- pondering that and thinking about it, goes, oh, there's someone over there that I just feel I need to talk to and, and they're available, mm-hmm. you know, because the more they're available, we slowly shift this balance of people being insecure adults, you know, because I chased all my dreams but I still have never dealt with the insecurity. Mm. So you could chase it or not chase it, but it's still there, you know, yeah. um, because I never had that. It wasn't taught at school and it wasn't helped. I wasn't helped to deal with it, you know. Um, so it's just I, I just love the fact that there's more and more people collaborating, connecting now, and we are more self-aware. And there's a lot of unawareness out there and unconsciousness out there as well. And there's a lot of fighting and everything else and it's easy to get dragged into the hopelessness of some of the things in society at the moment but and the and the inequality you know that's going on is unbelievable but at the same time that's causing every day that it's not great is causing more people to say hang on how can i shift and how can i change and i don't like this anymore and so the problem is creating the solution because eventually we're going we're gonna we're gonna wake up to it you know but and I, I totally get it and I totally understand. And uh, I know a little of your story and I'm, uh, it's kind of so cool to see what you've done. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, I guess that's that's in all of us. We're just got to put the work in. And if I hadn't have put the work in, then I would have been still going around the merry-go-round to, uh, to, to yeah. want to get off, but I wouldn't know how to get off unless I actually, you know, uh, put the put the time into it, I, I guess. And, and that's why I'm really passionate about sort of trying to help people use the body to settle the mind. And I guess you would have found that when you were out in the water or, or doing some of your activities just to think, well, you know, I'm not having to think here. I'm actually really uh, uh, connected and engaged and, and in the moment with what I'm doing. And, you know, every time I uh, every time I think I've nailed it and mastered it, I learn something else, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, know. It's just yeah. a nonstop learning cycle. I, I think... Um, through my sport, I managed to stay in the moment through a wonderful coach and Bill Haylock really promoted me to stay in the moment and stay in a process. And that I would bust into that zony place regularly. And then I always I called it the effortless effort. You know, I'd get into this zone and I could go faster and longer and further and, and with more fun and more enjoyment and it was less effort, mm. you know. And I was like, wow, what's this? Where's this power come from, you know? And it was because I had an honest you know, I had all the honest elements come together. I was having an honest crack. I was willing to do the work. I was willing to push it a bit. But I was also had behind me a, 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 a more pure intent, a, a pure enough intent to actually have that experience, mm-hmm. you know. And so I learned to get into the moment through sport first. But then, of course, because sport was so tangled with winning, I had to learn to get through the moment in life and in, and with people and sitting very comfortably rather than have to fly across the ocean to feel in the moment. Mm. How can I sit with someone in an emotional conversation and be very present and in the moment, totally comfortable while the tears are flowing, theirs or mine or both, you know, and that was when I really got myself back was when I learned how to be with whatever was going on in the world and, and um you know, that's when I felt most like that kid that was just comfortable in the world again when I could start to actually be with whatever was happening, you know. So I've been an interesting journey, but um, I love that that feeling you get when it's just everything else drops away and here you are, you're just here, here and now. And the people you're with are magical and the situation's magical, whether it's shit, whether it's horrible. It's like, no, nah, it's actually magic. Something magic's trying to happen here, you know. Um so it's uh, it, it's pretty cool. Just got to get out of our own road, and um, I just yeah. think Scott, like um, 
we've got to go through the competition to get to the compassion. Uh, we, we, we're sort of brought up to be competitive, uh, you know, that, that, that competitive nature. And you, you're in the running race and the kid that gets the blue ribbon is the one that's, uh, one that's sort of, uh, you know, uh, held in high regard. But um, the compassion underneath all that is really what we come back to at the end of the day. And, geez, I've been yep. really lucky with, with, with my journey. And I've, I've worked a lot with uh, old men just to talk about their lives and, uh, what they've actually valued and all those sorts of things. And really it wasn't any of the prizes or the dollars or the, you know, the, the material things. It was all about the, the love and the joy and the compassion and the, the, the beauty that they actually, um, that they've suppressed in many ways. But when they spoke about that, you could just see their faces light up and, and that, that yeah. face lighting up is the heart starting to, uh, to expand, I believe, you know, and that really helps it's, them yeah, be who they really are. That, that spirit, I love that word enthusiasm is latin for the god within mm. and um inspiration is latin for the spirit within you know i i've discovered so as soon as it starts to rise up it's it's you can see it in people's eyes they come alive because they're talking about something that's true to them and true to their spirit but I, you know i um i i suppose i thought for a long time that competition was tied very heavily to physicality mm. and it seems so silly to have not realized this in its, in its completeness or just recently, the competition's not really tied to physicality. It's tied to mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually, it's tied to the head. Um, and so a lot of sports people, whether they seem outwardly intelligent, are very much trapped in their intellect because if I do this, this and this, I can win the game or I can win the point or I can go faster or I can go, you know, what, whatever, execute this move and that manoeuvre or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of intellect um connected to competition and i've realized that that's the competitive beast is actually an intellectual beast you know whether it's base intellectual like yes see ball you know get ball or it doesn't actually matter whether it's that or the highly thinking athlete (coughs) it's very much connected to the to the thoughts and the mindset and the belief that i have to get this and i have to get that so we're using our smarts to get something for ourselves. so yeah it's very core it's a self-serving thing so aha so I've gone away from who I really am, which is connected to everyone, and I'm trying to take something for me. Oh, absolutely, mate. Exactly right. And, uh, and that, that individualisation is really the entrapment which, um, which causes um, suffering at the end of the day. And, you know, I was very lucky years ago that I, the, the body taught me to settle the mind and that took me into Buddhism. And Buddhism sort of taught me that that attachment is causing suffering at the end of the day, you know. So. Yes, yes. You've got to have some goals and so forth. Fair enough. Yeah, but if you come come connected to those goals, then all of a sudden you, you do find that it's uh, there's an end story to that, and you do end up feeling um, disconnected. Yeah, and that's back to what I was saying a bit earlier. I'm, I'm very much freshly learning at another level. That when I'm just really relaxed and being myself, um, it's amazing what comes to me. Mm. It's like, oh wow, life is trying to help you with whatever you need when you stop trying to get it. You know, because um, if your heart is truly in what you're trying to get is also for other people and for the betterment of all and, you know, you want better circumstances and you want better flows and, you you know, if what you're trying to go for is connected to a bigger picture, when you really let go, life goes, oh, I'll help you with that. Mm. Oh, yes, I want to see all my daughters and sons do well. You know, it's like it's this... It's just, it sounds so strange to be talking about to me now, but it's like so fresh in my mind that, oh, wow, the universe is really a friendly universe and, and 
um, we've really been kidding ourselves. We've toughened up and we're trying to become the one that goes out there and gets it, you know, and, and become recognised for that. And it's like that actually takes you away from who you are. Power. That's not who you are. That's much more powerful than that because you're connected to all of life. Yeah, power versus force at the end of the day. If you let, you let, you let go and, and just let things evolve, then they do. But if you force, which is our, our mind kicking in, um, which we've been basically programmed to, uh, to, to, to go towards, that's when things, the universe or, or the force uh, usually goes against us. Would you agree? Oh, completely, mate. And what I've also realised is because it's all about coming back to the moment, when we're truly in the moment, we don't have a need for anything. So we realise that the programming that we've received is actually also active in the moment. Like it's the programming is trying to occur each moment, you know, so the energy that's the program to get, to be competitive and, you know, hate that person and try and pay them back or try and win or try and get more than that, you know, your brother or sister in life or whatever, it's that, that actual programming, that thought is a living it's a living entity on its own and it's trying to drag you back in all the time mm. it wants you in that realm in that sort of third fourth dimensional realm where it's all about survival and winning and getting what i want and all that sort of stuff and it's actually it's just a level of reality i, I love the nikola tesla saying if you want to understand the secrets of the universe think in terms of energy frequency and vibration mm. Mm. and at an energetic level level the vibration of that frequency of winning and control and just looking after me, even just looking after me and mine, you know, um, it's a very low vibration compared to, you know, it's very coarse and tense and uh, it's, it's very um, incongruent with our, our spirit energy, you know, which is very peaceful and still and hello, my brother, and mm. love to help you out. Yeah, let's work on that together. Mm. You know, you don't become a pussy when you become more your spiritual self. You actually become very connected and very strong and very certain, you know. But that's that's what was in my old makeup and, and you know, because I come from a tough boy upbringing. It was like, don't be a pussy, you know, don't be a wimp, mm. you know. Um, and that drives all of those things that we're so trying to get away from that's just that's so grating to our spirit now to go, oh, how's those words? How's that language? How's that you know, that um, discrimination against this and that, it all comes from this feeling of lack and, and then trying to get something by being tougher. Absolutely. How how much better would workplaces be if they had that philosophy <clears throat> rather than the, the drive and all the things, the disconnections, the KPIs, the performance uh, uh, requirements, all that? If, if, if your manager actually gave you a hug once a week and sort of ask, you know, not who are, uh, sorry, how are you, who are you? And you know, be able to be really connected with you as an individual. And just, I just really think, Trev, you know, we've got a really pivotal opportunity uh, at this moment in time to be able to help change the way that um, that things yep. are done. You know, I'm really passionate about the workplace actually being a, an environment where where people can be embraced and uh, and loved and, and really felt valued. And that just flows on to the communities that, that we're in. But another thing I'm really keen to do, and I reckon you would be as well, uh, conscious of this is when when young men are, uh, are punished uh, or they're incarcerated like so they're, they're basically gone through a shit life and then they've done something wrong and they're put into a jail and they come out and they're um, 
and they're basically worse than what they were when they arrived. Well, you know, why aren't we actually providing an opportunity for that um, individual to find connection and love within themselves in that environment and actually come out a better person? Well, wow, that's two questions in one. Mm. Um, first one is, you know, what's really interesting is that actually both answers are similar. Going back to the business thing, um, you know, it's not just wouldn't it be better. There's actually businesses out there that are beginning to do this. Mm. You know, there's organisations out there that are beginning to do this. The, the Richmond Football Club have been largely doing this for the last three or four years. Mm. They've been conscious of each other. They've been opening up to each other. They've been giving each other a hug. They, From the, the CEO to the president right down to the coach and the new rookie player, they're, they're equals and they're all on the same journey together, you know. So there's no accident they've won three of the last four premierships. And it's also, I'm sure they're not perfect and I'm sure there's egos and I'm sure that they're, you know, they've got some cheeky, naughty moments or whatever else and, and all that sort of stuff, but they're on the journey, you know, they're on the way, they're changing the vibration. And I know, you know, um, that it's funny that Nathan Buckley uh, stepped down as Collingwood coach yesterday, but I know he was working on the same thing. You know, um, I know that um, Simon Goodwin at Melbourne Demons is working on the same thing. I just know that in an AFL sense that, that there's clubs that are making this change towards conscious care-based leadership. Mm. And when you start doing that in the biggest sporting code and the biggest sporting clubs in those codes, um, that's a pretty cool thing because I, I you know, I'm, I'm just using this as an example. There's many, many places it's happening more in, in common unknown places than it is in those big extreme places. But um, I love the popcorn principle, you know, that that when you if you if you had all different types of popcorn, so let's say caring leadership was a type of popcorn, um, when in society, when you raise the temperature enough in the in the caring leadership idea and one kernel pops you know, pop, and because the temperature's enough and that one kernel wakes up, one corn kernel wakes up, um, keep that temperature up and 20 seconds later one more goes pop and then 15 seconds later one more and then three seconds another one, then eight seconds another one, then two in a row, then it starts going pop, 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 and then eventually like the whole of society pops. So if we spread it out over a long period of time, I do believe that the popcorn is happening you know, there are, it is happening in places much slower than a lot of us want <laughs> mm. because we want that feeling of safety and security and we're all in this together to come through much quicker and to permeate everything. But it's definitely popping. And what happens when I come back to the second question around incarceration, I've got a friend, a beautiful friend that I've worked with, um, James Harding, and, and he, he wrote a book called Hard Cuddles. Um, and he, you know, had been working in and around the Melbourne underworld and he was, they called him um, uh, the hammer, James the Hammer Harding. You know, he was the guy you went to to resolve problems, blah, blah, blah. And he's been through this cathartic release and this awakening to who he really is and to the child inside of him but also the bigger being and why he went on that journey. And he's been doing this um, this uh, hard cuddles. Um, I think it's hard cuddles, hard cuddles, um, hard cuddles program through Victoria. And now he's been invited to start working in the incarceration oh, area. Right. You know, to actually say to people, no, that's not you that did that. You know, you became another version of yourself, lost yourself because you needed to be. Let's love you out of that. Mm. You know, and I know this is. There's people in government institutions. There's some in there going, oh, who gives a crap? They're firing good people and they're worried about the budget and they're, you know, as you know, there's being 
cuts being done and there's ruthless things being done left, right and centre. And then in other little pockets and other little spots is people going, no, you're exactly what I need. You know, I had somebody bring me into mental health to work on a bunch of patients that just weren't getting help with psychology and psychiatry. And she said, oh, I just want you to quietly come in and work with this person and don't tell me what you're doing. I don't want to know. I just want you to work with this person. Then she'd bring me up and say, oh, my God, I can't believe that person's changed so much. Mm. What are you doing? You know, it's like just loving them, just listening, just letting them know, no, that's not who you are. You know, no, you're not You're not an alcoholic. No, you're not a drug addict. That's something you became, but that's not you, you know. Um, so it's. I, I believe it's happening. The corn is popping around the place. It is definitely not happening fast enough. Well, it's happening exactly the pace that I guess it has to because it has to stay painful enough for long enough for more people to want to wake up for us to really all wake up together. But it's it's not a fun thing in the meantime because the inequities in the world are just horrendous. Mm. You scratch below the surface in any city and there's so many people horrendously going without and you know, in living in terrible circumstances and sometimes not just physically terrible, emotionally, mentally terrible, but they've, you know, they've got all the, all the wealth they need, but they're just being abused in all sorts of different ways. So there's a lot to be done, um, but somehow we are waking up. Otherwise, you and I wouldn't be on this call together, mm. right? We wouldn't have found each other if, um, if it wasn't coming together at some level. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, a blow to the, the heart is, is more powerful than a blow to the body. And <clears throat> when you're getting mm. blows to the heart consistently, then you do act. But if you're in that environment where you said, like you've gone into a, a place where, where there's healing to be done and you actually give the person compassion so they can open up and, 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 and heal. And that, that happens, Trev. And it's amazing. I, I worked as a, you know, I, I worked with a government department as a health advisor where I observed hospitals and I observed um, people uh, was, you know, geez, uh, four, four major hospitals. And I'm seeing people that have that got disease and cancer and all these sorts of things. And I'm saying, why aren't these people fasting? You know, their bodies know what to do. We're, mm. we're actually give, bombarding them with all this shit. Um, why yeah. aren't we giving them a chance to, to heal naturally? And yes. obviously there's an agenda behind that which, which wasn't allowed to happen, but it's very much the, the same as what you're, you, you've done with that particular you know, individual and actually sat with them and talked to them because it's just given them a chance to, 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 to self-heal, you know, and I just believe that's, that's available to all of us where we're, we're actually more intelligent than what we actually know within the body. We don't actually understand what the body's trying to teach us at the end of the day. Uh, so true, mate. It's so, such a powerful thing. And, uh, you know, I know um, I fast, you know, I do sort of the 16 and 8 regularly, probably five, five or six days a week. Um, and it's been the most wonderful discovery. I first discovered sort of keto, paleo and, and that idea of having, you know, um, well, well-sourced meats and fats and proteins and things like that, but also really good organic veggies and things like that and just eating intelligently like it's a fuel you know and it's like it's stuff that your body you ask your body and your body tells you what you need but then when i discovered the fasting side and realized that my body's actually doing so much cleaning out and cell cell regeneration and all this sort of stuff and when you don't eat you you allow all this stuff to happen mm. i've never felt so fast and strong i'm 52 during the covid shutdown i started training with the the cooling out a gold squad at surface paradise surf club and the head of that squad is ali day he's won the race six times and and um he's he's 
got probably close to the greatest Ironman record of all at the moment. He's only the second person ever to win all four major titles and blah, blah, blah. And I'm training with Al, just having a ball and, and the squad and my son and the girls and everything. And I ended up doing the a race run through five minutes quicker than I did when I got third place in it as a 21-year-old, mm. you know, because um, it, my body just goes, oh, I know how to do this, and I just enjoyed it. I started with the earlier group, yeah, you know, the casual group, and paddled away from everybody else, and the elite group were chasing me the whole the whole session and caught me on the last board leg, you know. Um, and and I was just out there on my own going, wow, how cool is this? And I wasn't actually racing or trying. I was just enjoy, you know. Mm. Isn't it funny, the word enjoy? Yes, enjoy. You know, enjoy is yeah. enjoy, you yeah. know. Like, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, that's it. You know. Uh, and so, and that came from fasting. And I was actually doing that. Um, I was building the training up. It's a four and a half hour race, four to four and a half hours. I was building up to that. And it wasn't until I got over the three-and-a-half-hour mark that I started having any food at all. Mm-hmm. You know, up around three hours, I was still actually, no, 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 nothing needed. No, I was just, just experimenting, and it was amazing. My body was just going, no, I've got everything you need. No, no, yeah, I've got last night's meal. That's fine. I'll get, give you access to that. A little bit of fat supply we can burn, you know. Mm. And... Um, it's just fascinating to experience that from, you know, going back full circle in this conversation. When I started, I was on 14 Vitabrits before I could mm, get to swimming, before right. I could, you know, get from swimming to running, mm, you know. Um, yeah, so it feels a fascinating right? thing and it comes from many different forms and there are great foods and there are different times of the day you can experiment with it. But fuel also comes from the spirit and from the heart and from love and connection and, you know, enthusiasm and, and um and uh, an open mind and fresh air and you know sunshine and fuel comes in many forms yeah that's it but see i guess trev you were born a couple of years before i i was born in 71 but we were just programmed through the telly to consume 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 you know you've got to be able to have yeah. this to do this and all that sort of stuff and if you're stressed the food out, yeah you've got to have a beer if you're stressed out and um, yeah. when we watched sport it was cigarettes so if you wanted to be cool you had to smoke and all that <laughs> stuff so we, we've got to be uh, we've got to be really aware and uh, conscious of that you know and um, uh, yes. yeah but our body is always trying to teach us and we have what's called social or social secretion in our body and if we can right. actually um, allow that to just happen naturally then, then our, our capability and our, our connection with the with the, the creator, you know, with, with all that is, is so much more profound because your body's actually behaving and doing what it's meant to, you know. And and I just believe every every living being around us is really connected, except humans just get in our road all the time. And uh, once you get back to that that pure sense of being yourself and being uh, who you really are, then your connection with a, with an animal or whatever it may be is just profound because they they see a sense of peace in you that they've got within them, and we're just not paying any attention to that. Yeah. What, what did you call it, sacral secretion? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mate, you're going to have to teach me about that later? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear about that. I'd love to learn from you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's profound. And really, I've been really lucky with um, with what I've learned through meditation, yoga, and so forth primarily, yeah. but also I've studied holistic nutrition years ago, so I went away from the, uh-huh. the model of what the unis were trying to teach me and actually like found what's what the human was designed to eat, you know, and um, yeah. what happened was I went on a journey of, uh, of eating fruit for a few years and, and I just felt yeah. this like pure, pure 
police like myself were vibrating every day. I felt amazing, and I'm thinking, why isn't everyone like this? You know, yeah, uh, it was yep. it was just incredible. But um, you know, the secretion comes in many ways by by giving your body what it needs to cleanse and recover, but also using it properly and and functionally and and giving your pituitary and pineal gland some exercise so you can be more, um, I suppose, living to your potential as a human, which a lot of us aren't going anywhere near. No, that's beautiful, mate. It's a, uh, I, love, I love what you do, and I do want to understand more about it because I'm forever the student and, and, you know, always passing it on as well. And, and um, But it's, it's a fascinating subject. I, I was... Um, went vegetarian for quite some time about six months at one stage and then whatever was going on at that particular stage I didn't tap into something quite right and i end up pretty listless it's hard to say listless and lethargic and stuff like that and then as soon as i introduced some fish back in and things i just came alive again Mm. so i've always been trying to understand further about you know blood and um different blood types and you know what which what is it you know all that sort of stuff so it'll be it'll be fascinating to uh, to learn a little more from you too mate i appreciate that so on saturday uh, i've got mark bunn coming on to the podcast mark's already been on once but uh he's very much uh, in tune with uh eating to your body type and um no, you know we've all got different body types but i just believe in this western society we're just led to um, think that one size fits all, you know, but it doesn't. We've got yeah. to be able to connect uh-huh. with yeah, who, who we actually are. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when you know your antibiotics are going to fix you no matter what. But uh, at the end of the day, if you, are, you understand what your body type is, I think it can help you uh, be more connected. Yeah. Oh look, mate. At another more nefarious level um that cookie cutter approach is designed to control us and corral us and and not saying there's a bunch of people standing over there designing how they're going to control us and corral us but the energy that's behind that that the dimensional elements of that energy is is um very much wanting us to stay trapped yes you know um and so it's an interesting one that we go yeah we're we're all on we're you know educated this and we don't know blah blah but the energy running through all that goes it very much wants us to be asleep. It's the same energy that's running through the education system, mm. not through all those beautiful teachers and principals that are out there trying their hardest and everything else, but the system, you know, the, the good ones are trying to buck the system, you know. They're going, no, no, we'll do it our way. You know, mm. there's some really good ones out there. I've met some wonderful principals and teachers. You're like, oh, you're aware, you know. They're, they're in the system and they're trying to... Mm change it in healthy respectful ways you know not just bucking the system as in bugger it and do it my own way they're recognizing that the people above them that are setting some of them that are setting the system up um either don't know what they're doing or just trying to get the cookie cutter approach or just trying to get the government re-elected or whatever it might be it might be not so consciously nefarious but in most cases We've got good people around waking up going, no, it doesn't matter why they're doing it. What they're doing is not right. I'm here at the coalface and there's the student in front of me and we're going to approach them this way. And it's it's cool to see that it's slowly changing. The energy you're talking about is draconian energy and, um, and that, yep. Cl- yep. that colonial model that we're all sort of governed by is really all about fear, force and control. And um, Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, that that sort of is still still um, very much alive in the education system, and obviously in uh, in in, uh, in in you know government and also corporate enterprise. Uh, uh, that's why I just think the workplace has got such a, a, a great opportunity and ability to be able to change this and and change the way they do things, and um, you know. 
loving their people rather than just use it, utilizing them as a, as a tool to make money. Um, you know, I just think there's, there's so much smarter ways to actually operate and function and, and get back to hu- humanology at the end of the day because we've just become distant from that. My um, The spiritual teacher that I worked with that, um, you know, helped me walk through some realizations, he, he basically said it comes down to two energies. There's either understanding, love and acknowledgement mm. or it's power, greed and control. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, so it was interesting when you said fear, force and control because that's the same all that he was looking at, Pat, but just but he called it power, greed and control. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's, we're unconscious to that, but it's a default setting uh, to be in that way, Trev. And, uh, you know, I, I had the conversation with you before we started about my role uh, being made redundant uh, yesterday and my cellular memory took me back to that, that fear state of, um, oh, what about this, what about that? And I had trouble sleeping last night because of it, but my higher consciousness kept saying to me, let go, let go, let go, just let it happen. And, um, yeah, it's just that default setting which was um, conditioned in me uh, from that early age which made me feel like trapped. And uh, if I can be trapped, then I can be uh, controlled, then I can consume, and then all the, the things, uh, you know, come around that yes. support the economy. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, you can be a, a, a healthy participant in the economy. And, yeah. you know, the bad news is the universe has got a much bigger plan for you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, I've got to close that door because we've got to open that big one over there. Yes, so so this was uh, the, the, the universe giving me a nudge to say, well, look, there's better things coming. So, you know, I, yeah, I acknowledge that. But, the, yeah, the, the, old, uh, the old self or the, the cellular self will take you back to that protection mode. And, oh, yeah. yeah, that's... The, the past and the future and the, the fear, the false false evidence appearing real, you know. Um, you could say false economy appearing, appearing real, but um, it's it's literally at your go, hey, and there you are. And you're a very highly conscious, intelligent being, and then bang, you're out, you know. You're, mm. you're unconscious for a few moments because it's like in it comes, you know, and it's like it's cool though because it's one by one these situations happen and they clean us out. But you clean it out of us and clean us out of it. You know, and it's um, it's pretty amazing. We're we're all, you know, I haven't met many people that are permanently free just yet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it. that don't get activated anymore. I mean, uh, I spent five days with Eckhart Tolle at one stage, and um, I he's the only one I've seen who's who's just completely free. You know, um, so which is pretty cool. But um, yeah. you know, it's we're getting there. So how can we? How can we like give give us some tips on how we can really. Uh, embrace love as, as as being part of our everyday life. Yeah, mate. I think from my perspective, and I know you, you would have your own great tips on that too. But from my perspective, the first thing I would say is that know you are know that you are love. Mm. And if you don't know that you are love, allow the possibility that you are love. And I could reframe it by saying, allow the possibility that you are the love that you're looking for. Um, so that's a good place to start because we've got to reverse the process of going searching, you know, and trying to find it or achieve it or, you know, do a certain amount of steps and we'll get it. But if we can start by saying it is you, you are it, it's in you, you know, don't look any further, then at least we can, whatever process we can do, we're digging in the right areas, mm-hmm. you know. So then I, I feel once you've identified that possibility, then the second step with without trying to make steps is to recognise what that feels like and then go over to, so what's so from once you know what that feels like, 
you can actually go, okay, so then that's me, then this part's not me, or that thought's not me, or that drive that I've got, well, that doesn't feel like love. It feels a bit enthusiastic, but it feels quite um, forceful, you know. So we can start to identify which of our motivations and energies and thoughts and beliefs and patterns uh, are actually connected to our spirit, which is very little of them, mm-hmm. and which of, which of them are connected to some sort of feeling of lack or need to, you know, get control back or whatever it may be. And it's, so I'm all about feeling. And if I said it like this, the first thing I'd say is the awareness levels that I help people work through is awareness level one is self-awareness, and that's made up of A and B, and A is aware of who you are or what you are. It's a feeling. And B is aware of who you are or what you're not, which is all the thoughts and the patterns and the emotions that we're carrying around and pent-up energy is who you're not. Mm. So when you become aware of those two things, you become your awareness shifts to number two, which is being spatially aware. So you start to feel spatially what's going on around you and you realise, oh, wow, hang on, the world's in a bit of a dance between these two energies of who they are and who they're not. And when you become spatially aware, you go to step number three, which is you become other aware and you start realising, oh, that's who that person is and that thing they're doing is not them, you know. So you become of who aware they are and who aware they're not. So it's other aware, A and B, who they are and who they're not. And when you start to become more aware of that, you become more world aware, which is step four. And you start to go, oh, the whole world's made up of this dance between who we are and who we're not Mm. and these choices that we're making consciously and unconsciously. And when we become more world aware, we shift on to level five, which is we become other worlds aware. Mm. Still, we start to realise that there are other dimensions and realities and worlds and things playing on, playing out inside of us and outside of us and and that that's a fascinating, beautiful, amazing place to, to explore. If there's any fear, just know that the fear is not you anyway. Just go towards it and explore it because life is fascinating when you realise you're a part of the winning team. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a part of the team that's actually waking up and becoming conscious. You're a part of the consciousness shift that's happening. And you can let go of the, the consciousness shift is happening inside of you. So anything that rises up that doesn't feel good you can let it go. And so that brings me back to my only two rules um, to follow when you're trying to transmute energy, and that is, number one, is feel it to heal it. You can't actually release it unless you've felt it. You've got to experience it fully, feel it, let it vibrate inside of you and be there with it, be there for it with love, and then that reaction disappears out of you. And when you've done number one, which is feel it to heal it, you can then do number two, which is it happens naturally. You see it to free it. You go, oh, there it is. Wow, that's not me. And as it departs from you, you feel the energy and you see the energy. And not seeing it, sometimes you can see it as in physically see it. You see a little cloud disappear, rarely, but mostly you see it internally. You go, oh, I can see it now. Where I was blind, now I can see, you know. And um, so that's kind of my little guidelines is know that there's awareness shifts that you're going to go through from self-awareness to spatial awareness to other awareness to world awareness to other world awareness and know that as long as you feel it to heal it and see it to free it and generally have a bigger picture um the only other people the other thing i work with people is they say that um every moment is a living moment so when you realize you are actually a being and you're not a body Mm. and you've got a body and it's got beingness in it, and it's your guide and it's your partner, but you're not a body, you're not a mind, you're a being, you're, you make up the whole lot. Mm. Um, 
is that <coughs> every moment is a living moment, so everything's in interaction. And that's A. And the B part of that is that shit happens and that's your opportunity. So because, you know, it's meant to be three parts rewarding, one part challenging, if it's more than that, you'll be overwhelmed and you need a break. If it's less than that, you're not going to grow and you'll eventually find something will come and wake you up. Three parts rewarding, one part challenging. And if you're in a really flow with a bigger picture, it'll become that pretty quickly. But B is shit happens and that's your opportunity because it's your, standard, your chance to stand up for something that you've never stood for before, that you, as a 10-year-old, as a 14-year-old, as a 26-year-old, as a 42-year-old, you clapped out and you chose the easy route. Mm. And it comes back and goes, well, here's your opportunity again. And so, you know, so numbers, so C in that part, so every moment's a never living moment, shit happens, it's an opportunity. Um, C is just find yourself, know yourself, trust yourself um, and your true self and follow your intuition and you'll get through it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They're the three, the three underpinning ways that I simply come back and to, to teach or work with people is like, you're going to go through these awareness levels. You are love, so you're going to discover that. That stuff's not you. Um, feel it, heal it, see it, free it. And every moment's a living moment. Move forward knowing that stuff's going to happen. It's an opportunity. And you only have to know, you, find yourself, know yourself, trust yourself. Mm. Amazing, mate. Uh, I, uh, there's so much that, uh, that, that sort of come to me as, as you were saying all that. But, geez, it's uh, 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 one, one thing with relationships I've always said, before you say I love you, you first must understand I. You know, that's why we have so much yep. problems uh, yeah. in, in uh in, uh, in, in you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever it may be, because we don't understand yeah. ourselves. We're looking outside ourselves for happiness, but all the happiness and connection is within, um, you know. Uh, yeah, so there's, there's lots of wisdom from, from your, your comments there, absolutely. I, said, I had a, a powerful spiritual teacher um, tell a, a good friend of mine who's also a spiritual teacher the other day said... Um, you know, and they're actually making big shifts in the education system, funnily enough. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she said to him, um, she said, the reason why you can't find nirvana and go sit on the mountaintop and just meditate your way into bliss is because you have a purpose here and you have to be in relationships in a work sense, in a, an intimate sense, in a family sense, because unless you're with people, your mirror will never be you know, it's shown back to you mm. <clears throat> and you can think, you know, a hundred different ways that you've already made it until someone stands in front of you, you, you know, your mother and says, oh, what did you do that for? And you fly back into your stuff again, you know. And I, I love the Eckhart Tolle story about um, the monk that goes up and someone goes and visits this monastery and, and commits 10 years of his life in the monastery and then he gets to the final stage where he's going to go live in the cave and they, you know, they just they, they basically eat and drink nothing and they go and over six months he gets into this enlightened, you know, amazing state, this Westerner and helped by these people and, is, and next minute he gets a, they roll the rock out of the cave entrance and they come in and they say, we're so sorry to bother you but we've got a call from the embassy and you've got to go down to Nepal and... Um, you've got to renew your visa, you know, Jeez. and it's like, you know, okay, no problems, <laughs> and he walks off the mountain in full bliss and harmony with the whole world and he walks into the town and he's seeing all the people and smiling and he's feeling the wonderful joy as it reflects back to him and he goes to the, you know, the, the consulate and he gets there and there's a 
says, oh, where do I need to line up? And he lines up and an hour and a half later he gets to the front of that line. When he gets to the front of the line, the lady says to him, oh, sorry, you're in the wrong line. You have to go to that line over there. And he goes, oh, has a tiny reaction and he swallows it down and you go, no, no, breathe it through. This is your chance. And he goes and hops in the other line. An hour and a half later, he gets to the other front of the other line and they say to him, no, you're actually in the wrong line. It's oh, that one over there. Geez. And he loses his shit and goes, you people are incompetent. What do you think this is? And about 10 seconds into this rant, he goes, aha, <laughs> I am not yet free. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he realises that was exactly what he needed and he finishes and he bees there for them and he gets his visa sorted and he goes back and he says, no, not only do I need to go into the cave, but I need to finish what I'm doing in the cave and go back into the world, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a great little analogy, but we, we, we do need to go to the cave, but when we actually find ourselves, we need to come back out of the cave and go be with people because the ones that you can't be with, are the ones that are reflecting back the parts of you that you don't like, you know, that you're trying to get away from. And if you can be there with them and for them and love that part in them, it heals that part in you as well and and you can move up and onwards in the game of life and you graduate to the next level and and they don't have to come back into your life anymore. The next challenge comes in and you see another aspect of yourself that you don't want to see through someone else. But they're so mean. It's like, yes, well, (laughs) where, where have we got that same thing in us? Otherwise, there wouldn't be a reaction. Absolutely. Before we finish, Trev, the, the cave can happen to us all, I think, in the morning if we do a stillness practice and just sit and be yes. uh, through meditation. Yeah. I just think we've got the opportunity without going to the Himalayas to be more functional in this world if we find time just to, to, to actually sit in stillness and, and, and give ourselves that time to, to, to get to know ourselves and heal and be more connected at the end of the day, yeah. That, that's 100% right, mate. That's my experience too and something I'm getting taught more and more as it came to some version of awakening or enlightenment through processing and clearing and loving and, you know, really beautiful practices of working with people. Mm. But then I ultimately had to realise that even that, um, you don't need those practices. If you just sit and be still, you know, um, it's all there right inside of you. And those practices are still very helpful and the self-help work and all that is very good. It's a very, very powerful thing along the journey. But at the end of the day, spend five minutes in stillness and most of your answers will come. Mm, absolutely, Trev. I think we we better finish this conversation and maybe organise Thanks, another mate. one down the track. But uh, how can people get hold of you, mate? Uh, I think that there'd be lots of people keen to explore what you're doing and some of the, the, the courses that you, you, you have out there that may be able to help them. Yeah, thanks, mate. I... Um, occasionally pop a little video on youtube just look up trevor hendy channel it's just trevor hendy and um or instagram is hendy trev um i'm not very big on social media because i'm sort of more in the flow enjoying <laughs> things and i'm just pathetic at posting stuff um, Good. but um uh, i'll say lackadaisical not pathetic um but um also trevorhendy.com um I update every now and then but the boot camp for the soul is on there it's at soulbootcamp.trevorhendy.com um, if anyone's interested in taking a little journey to get their own answers via some great reflective practices, there's beautiful qigong and meditations in there, but there's lots of beautiful discussions and things in there, and you can listen to it or read it or do it. But the boot camp for the soul is a wonderful. I get amazing reviews from it. And I, I basically just got out of the way and something beautiful came through me to write that. And, um, you know, um, 
really proud of it because I was able to get out of the way and mm. it gets some really, really beautiful feedback. So, um, yeah, anyone is out as interested in some fun stuff to do in their own home, that was the intention. The intention was you don't need my answers or Aaron's answers or anyone else. You've got your own answers. You just need a bit of space to find those and and, um, and we're all there just to help facilitate that. So, um, just, just yeah, that's it, mate. I was going to say, listen to the teacher within. That's something that I, I learned, you know, through through yeah. Kundalini yeah. Yoga years ago. That, that's that's something that we've all got within us, you know. But if you can get a guide to take you on that journey so you can find that space, that's tremendous. Absolutely, mate. And the last two things I'd say is um, lifechanger.org, lifechanger.org.au um, for people interested in looking at programs for their kids or understanding what's going on over there or joining us on a challenge or a trek somewhere. Mm. There's some really cool things on that. And also anyone who's ever on the Gold Coast or in and around interested, you know, Surface Paradise Surf Club, we're always looking for people to come and do a bronze and do a patrol and be of service or bring their nippers along, you know, or contribute or be sponsor or help out. I'm trying to create a beautiful heartfelt organisation or oh, we're not trying, we are, yeah. um, in the middle of Surface Paradise so that the glitter strip has the heart beating really, really strong and, it, and we're getting there. We're doing some really beautiful things. So that ignites anybody's ideas, come visit us there and come be a part of something we're trying to do there. Absolutely, mate. I'm, I'm so grateful for this conversation. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people out there and I encourage people listening to share it with others so they can pick up some tips from what Trev's had to say and uh, and also maybe tap into his program because I think it could be a, a life changer and uh, something that, um, uh, that, that we all need uh, some structure to be able to give us some some things to work towards in three months that's that's really a pivotal time to be able to create change in yourself so i really i'm really grateful that you've got that out there trev and thank you very much for your time mate i'm, I'm so so grateful that uh, i had the opportunity to talk to you and i'm sure we're going to have more conversations in the future thanks aaron love mate love your work and i really enjoy being on it and look forward for her part b <laughs> and also um hooking up and you can teach me a few things when we get a chance that's it Guys, Trevor Hendy, what an amazing man. I hope you've got to the end of this pod- podcast because there's so much wisdom and nourishment and knowledge in there. So, yeah, I'd like your feedback. I really appreciate, uh, you know, uh, you, 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 you're going through the whole 75 minutes here of this conversation. So, tremendous uh, man, isn't he? And um, I'm so grateful to be able to, to talk with him, uh, you know, on this level now. Jeez, you know, if I hadn't have done the things that I've done individually, I, I wouldn't have the awareness to be able to talk um, with Trevor about some of the stuff we've touched on. So if you are stuck at the moment uh, and you want to change, maybe Trevor's program might be a good way to go to, uh, to give you that transformation. Um, so, yeah, chase it, uh, chase it up and, and look into it. If you want to touch base with me, please do so, support it at backmind.com.au um, and, yeah, provide feedback or anything I can do to help you and just uh, check the website out at backmind.com.au um, which is going through a bit of a, an overhaul at the moment. But, uh, yeah, just grateful to have this podcast going and, uh, and, and really appreciate your support and, and hopefully you can share it with more that can get um, uh, some, some awareness out there throughout regional Australia and beyond to help, uh, help people uh, transform their own lives. Thanks very much. Cheers.